welcome back to another episode of Diaspora FC. This evening's episode is actually quite special because we've gone out and we've got a couple of the big guns. You know um, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we had to make it special. Uh, we know who the Premier League title winners are, back-to-back champions. Very, very happy about that. But before we get into that, uh, we're going to be doing our introduction. Um, so to my left, we have... Fodemo, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm not too bad. How's your day been? It's been good. Busy. I'm glad I've got you in the studio. Just yeah. so we know, I'm, I'm <laughs> delighted I have you in the studio. It's <laughs> coming my way. And I'm not, it's, it's been brewing. I just, I just want to say, I don't deserve it. <laughs> my, my Manchester United team women's won already. Like, I don't know what anyone's talking about. <laughs> I'm glad you tapped on Manchester United because that's the route we're going to go down um, shortly. And oh, joining yeah. us on the phone is Miss Anne-Marie Batson, a proper sports journalist, as I like to call her. How are you, Anne-Marie? I think that's the first time I've been called a big gun. And I think it's also the first time I've been called a proper sports journalist. So I'll take both. Thank you. I'm good. good. You're welcome. And my co-host, I can't forget, is Mr. Ola Faseo. How are you, Ola? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Lovely. I'm good. I'm not too... I'm not too bad, actually. I'm not going to shy away from it because I've been itching at this <laughs> moment. And oh, I know Anne-Marie Batson has been watching Women's Super League, not just this season, but previous seasons, seasons as well. So I'm going to go straight at it. Oh, um, I have to. <laughs> I'm going to go and talk about the Women's FA Cup final because a certain Fadumo <laughs> was um, very popular on social media that day. Um, uh, I'm mad, it? Oh my God. <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Because yeah. we're, we're going to get to it. Just off the bat, because like we do like a good cop, bad cop type thing. Okay. <laughs> off the bat, you did. You actually were amazing on socials. You, you were brilliant. Really just like shone, on, shone a light on the very sunny and very fun FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe in different colours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So let's just. Okay, basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know who it was. So, oh, mate, I'm, no, I, don't, I can gone, never get myself. Gone. I don't think I'm ever gonna live this moment down. I am a diehard Man United fan. I love Man United to bits. So best believe, I had to take the biggest L ever of my life, which was supporting Man City for the Women's FA Cup final. Not only did I have to support them, best believe they bought me a scarf, and they were like, "You need to be there. You need to be shouting the flag for Man City," and that's what I did. How how did that feel? How did you feel wearing <laughs> you know this? Scarf? I think I re-record- looked quite comfy on nah, you. Best believe I re-recorded in my intro like five times. <laughs> like, Hi guys, um, Fadumo. Yay, Man City, let's go. <laughs> and it just wasn't working for me. They're like, I was like, listen, I need to believe this. Like they're gonna do it. Yeah, there's a lot of like self-talking to get myself hyped up to do that. But it was a really good day in general. Mm. Like. I pulled a short straw when I pulled Man City as, <laughs> as a team to support because I really wanted West Ham but, and I really wanted them to do well but mm. they were like massive underdogs going into that so and Man City did incredibly well. What do you make of the day itself though because obviously you was live and direct so what was the atmosphere it was, like? It was really good like it was such a especially I think for West Ham them coming into um, the WSL and then um, going so far into the FA Cup so going go, go to the final it was a massive day for them and you could definitely tell in numbers in terms they definitely had more supporters there so the atmosphere and everything about it was really good and listen just getting like that kind of sick access to Wembley Stadium yeah. like I had to try really keep it together like I was there like it's okay you're not a fan <laughs> <laughs> I had to literally talk myself out of just being silly because 
like they were, I got like went had a look at some um the changing rooms, got to hold a trophy and I was like, Oh my god, I'm gonna drop it. <laughs> so yeah, no, for me it was like an amazing day and it was just trying to keep my composure as much as I can because I was like, You are professional, you are working, <laughs> you're not a fan. I'm trying to talk myself into that. But um it was such a good day. Um and the crowds of over forty thousand, like you can't say no to that kind of stuff. Legit. No, uh, no, no, you're amazing. You're amazing. And for you, Miss Batson, did you manage to catch the FA Cup final? I did manage to catch it, but I was in a car at the time. I was filming up in Newcastle on that Saturday. That's why I wasn't there for the game. So when I was driving down the very long A1M, I was listening in the car, and the gym was right. You could hear the atmosphere actually coming through the radio. And what I can understand, I think a whole load of fans had left. Um, the West Ham, the London Stadium, to go to Wembley so they could at least catch the second half of the game. Yeah. Which I thought was brilliant. I thought that was really, really good. And yeah, you could definitely hear the atmosphere through the radio. And it sounded like a, a fantastic game, regardless of the result anyway. I'm glad that, you know, West Ham did push Man City women all the way in that first half. But I think tiredness just kicked in in that second half and then City just showed their quality really for them to run away with it but it sounded fantastic for sure through the radio you're definitely right they did push them um particularly in the first half um similar similar game plan in the second half but obviously Manchester City all round are a much stronger better team is it a deserving scoreline for West Ham because personally I was just like no, I kind of I, felt I reckon, sorry for them. Uh, no, I reckon had they gotten in a goal mm. in the first half or two, they confidently, it would have helped them a lot more because first half it was pretty much even, even. But you could definitely tell in the second half that they were starting to tire out mm. and it was really starting to affect them. And I guess in terms of uh, professionalism, like just Man City on Man City on there, like they've, they've been doing this for a very long time. A lot of the West Ham players have only just started to become full-time players mm. this season. So for them, it's a lot of getting used to, whereas Man City have been doing this for a while. So, yeah, I think they were a bit, little bit... Had they gotten a goal in maybe a bit earlier in the first half, then, yeah, maybe I think it, it might have just challenged Man City a bit more. But at the end, I still think Man City would have done it. Yeah. And what does everyone think of Arsenal, who are the... The champions. <laughs> the, the WSL champions. What does yourself and Anne-Marie make of the rightful champions? And they actually <laughs> managed to um, beat Manchester City's um, record, actually took their unbeaten record away from them on the final day yeah, of the yeah, season, yeah. which I, I was thought that was, that was quite tasty. Yeah. What does everyone make of the newly crowned champions? I think there was a bit of, um, I would say, between... November to January, there was a real worry with Arsenal because they mm. were affected by so many injuries. They they were leading the top of the table for a while. Then into Christmas, it was Man City women. And there was a real concern that the injuries would come back to bite Arsenal down the line. But somehow, somehow they managed to, to get back on form and they managed to start winning matches. I think from Man City's point of view, because they did finish up as runners up for them, as you rightly pointed out, Chris, it was, you know, they lost that. That was the only game they lost the entire season. Otherwise, they pretty much won, every, won most games or they drew most games. So I think it was a fantastic title race. I think it did go right down to the wire. And congratulations to Arsenal because they didn't spend that much 
in the summer either. And as I mentioned, injuries did play a massive part and other team players had to really step up. They had no Daniel Carter, of course, Kim Little with her broken leg as well. Yeah. Um, Jordan Nobbs, of course, rupturing her ACL halfway through the season. And obviously she's not going out to play in terms of the World Cup, but I'm sure they'll use her as a pundit. You know, these were significant injuries that affected Joe Montemuro's squad, but somehow, somehow he made it work. And, you know, many congratulations to them, you know, reaching after seven years, but, you know, sitting at the top of the table and taking that trophy home. I'm not sure if either of you saw the, um, there was a social, there was a photo on Twitter and I'm sure it came from the Arsenal account where it had the players that Anne-Marie just named, literally all of them mm. standing from like left to right. I think from left you had, who was at the, who was left? Was Dan left? Um, I think Dan was like second to right, okay, if yeah, I'm not yeah. mistaken. And basically, all the injured players. Yeah, basically all the injured players basically showing their scars, <laughs> yeah. literally. Um, so... Since we've already discussed the key injuries, significant injuries that happened in the early stages of um, Arsenal's season, what does this say about their the fact that they went on and you know won the league? What does this say about their mental strength and the coaching? What does it say about the the new manager? I think it says a lot, um, especially because it, I think this is second season or mm. first full season at least. Anyway, yeah. Um, and the restructuring that had to happen with Arsenal and the players that he's brought in as well um, to try and get this going. Um, it says a lot about his sort of motivational impact with the players. Um, and obviously he caught fire with uh, Vivi just Amazing. just performing incredibly throughout the whole season. Um, and also big shout out to Danielle van der Donk as well, who's again an integral player who we kind of like rode their sort of form throughout the entire season to try and get that, um, get those results. Um, but yeah, no, it was a, there, was, there was a lot of galvanizing for Arsenal again because of the injury, um, the injuries that just kept on piling up and piling up and piling up. And I was sitting there very, very nervous as a fan, just thinking, we're so close to actually finally winning uh, a championship, which we haven't done in a very long time. Um, and again, to go up against a a Manchester City side that reflects uh, the men's side as well in terms of the players that they're able to pull in and the uh, facilities and the just the capability of that side to then go against them and then to beat them in the end at the final day is it was brilliant. It was fun. I was at that game actually when Arsenal were away to Man City up at the Academy in Manchester and Arsenal lost that day. And interviewing Joe Montemurro afterwards, it was extremely hard because he just said the look of disappointment on the on his players' faces because they were leading the I think they were leading the table at the time and I think Man City would have then leapfrogged them. Yeah. And he honestly said is is Ollis pointed out the you know those injuries were hitting hard at that point, and he did question whether or not were they able to at least finish in the top three. So you know I think it's a massive round of applause to him and also to and to the players as well for being able to you know come up with a plan B and keep doing what they were doing, believe in the plan, and then end up with the cup at the end. I mean you talk about you know a couple of players, significant players, Vivian Miedemar has played a massive, Insane. massive part in terms of from goal scoring and also Leah Williamson in defence. Mm. So, and Leah Walty as well. I mean, I could list off all the other players that have really, really stepped up. And considering the strength and depth that Chelsea have in their team and also Man City have in their team, I think it's a, a massive thing for Arsenal that they've won this season. I know you have to go, Anne-Marie, but just before we allow you to do just that, 
How much are you looking forward to the first ever North London derby when that lot come up? Yeah. Uh, oh. That lot, you know, oh, you didn't even give them a name. Tottenham, see? They've got a cock on their band, a cock on the ball. Jeez. I've already said to a couple of Spurs fans, you know we're going to go and watch that game. <laughs> listen, I've, I've seen Spurs in action. They're a good team. I've also seen Manchester City women in action. I'm, ex- I'm really excited for the new season of the WSL purely because of the derbies that are coming up I think it's it's really going to be interesting that first game whichever the draw goes you know let's say it's going to be Arsenal versus Spurs first up I think it's going to be a fascinating encounter I mean they would have met each other in in League Cups and FA Cups at some point but this is you know two professional teams now because of course Spurs now become a professional team before they were part-time in the championship so it's a big step up as West Ham have found out um, so I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm really excited, but I'm also extremely excited as well to see how Man City and Manchester United are also going to play each other as well. I'm, That's definitely so on between those two. And I know <laughs> Nick Cushing is, is relishing that for the City side, but it's exciting. But again, I think sitting on the, not on the fence, but also I'm excited overall putting my journalist hat on for a second because of, you know, this massive amount of sponsorship that's going to be coming into the game is going to be coming off the back of the Women's World Cup as well. We've seen, you know, attendances still need a little bit of work, let's be honest. Um, but I'm excited. I'm really excited for the new season. And uh, yeah, let's see how this plays out between Arsenal and Spurs. And before you go, one last question, because I really want to sure. hear your thoughts on this. What's your prediction for the Europa League final, um, <laughs> Chelsea versus Arsenal? I know you're going to say it's only right to ask you. Uh, it's a really good question. So I was at the Football Writers' Dinner last week, which was very good. And there was a few on my table. There was somebody watching the Europa League on their phone. And it was Chelsea versus, <laughs> I can't remember the, Frankfurt. What was the team. Frankfurt. Thank you, Frankfurt. And I was secretly hoping that uh, Frankfurt would do it. But alas, not. Um, that's a really good question, you know, Crystal. It's... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I I just had to throw it at you. (laughs) No, obviously, obviously I would like, uh, putting my fan hat on for a second, I would like Arsenal to win, of course. Of course I would, because I am disappointed they didn't make top four and there's a variety of reasons around that. At the same time, it's Chelsea. We've played them before. We know they can beat them. It just depends who is going to turn up. Mm-hmm. for that match mm-hmm. and I think it's the inconsistency that of Arsenal that worries me and that's why I was kind of hoping if we get Frankfurt then it's an unknown quantity we know what Chelsea are about we've, as I said we've played them before I think it's going to be oh, it's so hard to say yes I you know I'd love it if Arsenal win of course I would as a fan but putting my journalist head on I couldn't tell you I think it's so close I wouldn't be able to call it what does everybody else think while I'm on the phone <laughs> um who wants, who wants to take gonna, this? Cause... I'm going to say Chelsea. <laughs> no, of course you will. You're digging that whole thing yeah. up for yourself, you know, for the no, mate. No, I know. I, but I'm just saying in terms of like just how Arsenal have a tendency to like not perform at times that they should perform. That's yeah. why I really think that Chelsea have the upper hand a little bit. Because although Chelsea have like consistency as well. But if you compare it to Arsenal, they have been a little bit more consistent and I just feel like I have that little bit more of an advantage. Um, I definitely think that it it worked. It didn't work in Arsenal's favour for Chelsea to go through. I feel like mm. definitely agree with Anne-Marie. Had Frank had gone through, it would have been a bit more of a different story. And um, But again, it just depends on who shows up because 
like even looking at the Champions League, like yeah. that did not go the way people expected it to go at all. Not at all. Yeah, and you just never know what's gonna happen. But I don't know, I just feel like Chelsea are gonna do it. Hello, how how are you feeling about this? I'm mad nervous. <laughs> are you really? <laughs> yeah, but um but the the one thing that does stick into our in, in my mind is that when we get to a final in recent years for us and we do shut up and we do put out some incredible performances um from some clutch key players and key moments like and uh and Ramsey comes to mind per Mertesacker comes to mind especially when it comes down to uh, Chelsea but unfortunately we don't have those two players um but we do have Aubameyang and Lacazette who have the ability to just produce magic and on the pitch and they have such a great partnership like on a pitch like it's in, even now looking at the end of season how Legit. well they did it's exactly. crazy it's insane so I think we've got a chance I want us to win I hope we will um, I think I'll be in tears either way. <laughs> <laughs> he has to put Leno, Leno in goal, though. That's if he what puts Petr Cech, well. I think there'll be a lot of raised eyebrows. And I know it's the Europa League and I know Petr Cech has paid in goal for a, a few of the matches. But I think on this occasion, it's the final. You're going to have to put, I think, I would say, strongly suggest that Leno goes in goal. But I think defensively as well, I think that's what's going to be key. Because, you know, it's not a case that Arsenal have left the door open a little bit. They've literally blasted it off the hinges in terms of how leaky their defence is. Exactly. So I think for that back, it depends if he goes for a back three or a back four. I mean, I'm Which hoping Monreal will be in there somewhere. I'm hoping Kishoni will be in there somewhere. And then the third person or fourth person, I haven't decided yet, but he's going to have to go for a really, really strong back line. And as Ola mentioned, having Lacazette, and Aubameyang up front because they have got such a strong partnership and they can, can score goals. It would make logical sense to have those two in the starting lineup. In terms of the middle, goodness me. I mean, <laughs> like you said, there's no Ramsey. This is the thing. And mm. I think Ramsey's, Ramsey's loss is huge to us. I know a few of the fans have said they're really not that bothered, but I think deep down, I think they are because he was such a creative player in the midfield. I think that's going to be an interesting one in terms of does he play Ozil? in the midfield or does he not I think there's a you know Emery I think he's got a bit of a tough choice to make particularly in that midfield exactly especially coming off the back of um, the semi-final where he took as often put in uh, put in uh, Mkhitaryan and Mkhitaryan looked a tiny bit more dynamic there was a couple missed passes but he was at least being a bit more proactive but yeah just to double back really really quick uh, which do you prefer Arsenal with a back three or back four um, back three or back four? Back three. Yeah, I'm the same. And then pack out the midfield. Yeah. And then have the two up front, I think. But then I, you know, formation's not exactly one of my strongest points. When, it, when I say back three and then it all goes horribly, I'm like, oh, why did you go for a back four? <laughs> That's just so, been me for the whole season on <laughs> this podcast <laughs> with terrible, terrible takes. But yeah, no, back three's me. Uh, I mean, it, and it's the added pressure as well. It's knowing that Arsenal, they had it in their hands until they played that game against Brighton. They literally had that top four place and then to be outside of the top four with a point, only with a point, is going to be hard to take. And knowing that Chelsea are in the Champions League already and they're also going for the Europa League, is is that added amount of pressure on top of things? So, yeah, I mean, I'm extremely nervous for them. But whatever happens, it's going to be, you know, we've got two fantastic finals, four English teams. We cannot complain about that. And I'm hoping they get the Mkhitaryan situation sorted as well yeah. because it's 
it's just, you know, again, UEFA not thinking about the fans. When do they ever? Let's be honest. <laughs> but um, I'm hoping they'll get that situation sorted sort as well because we need every single player available for that final. Exactly, exactly. I think that's probably... I'm, I'm definitely not on the same page as anyone. <laughs> what about you, Crystal? Come on. Um, I'm actually... I think it, at this stage of the competition, I don't think it matters who you get in the final. And I remember when the draw was... Oh, and when they did the draw and I was at work and a couple of Chelsea fans, they were proper piping up because they're like, you know, we've got the easier draw. This is basically a walk in the park. And then you've got Frankfurt, who basically... Well, like you guys saw it, you know, took the game to them. It went down to the wire. It went down to penalties. I don't think anyone would have predicted that Frankfurt would be taking a game against um, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge to penalties where it looked as if yeah. Frank Frankfurt could edge them out. Also, um, just like commenting on what yourselves have already pointed out and highlighted, I think there's been like a couple of games this season, particularly at the Emirates, where you've kind of seen like different Arsenal. Mm. Um, like, for example, facing Manchester United um, home and away. This is the first time from, I don't know, since, I don't know, um, statistically. Um, I can't remember the last time we went through the league and Manchester United didn't beat us, draw mm. at Old Trafford and beat them at the Emirates. And that's, a, that's a big... ain't beating anyone, so it's fine. <laughs> I know, but I mean, in recent years, it's like it doesn't matter how poor Manchester United yeah, are. It doesn't matter who true. they're... Even when you had um, David Moyes, you could we still have beat us. <laughs> and they've been relegated already. <laughs> but and it, we lost. Like, the problem is... We'll get back to that, because that is jokes. The problem <laughs> <laughs> The problem is whenever Manchester United square off against Arsenal, no matter how shambolic both sides are, Manchester United always seem to do it against Arsenal. Mm. Also, um, I think the game against Napoli, because that's when we lost yeah. Ramsey, many people thought that we were going to lose against Napoli, mm. home and away, and we held our composure, we saw out the game. Um, and I noticed in Unai Emery's, I think it was his last uh, matchday programme or the second to last uh, matchday programme at home, um, he touched touched on saying, you know, he wanted to create new history with Arsenal. Uh, and I kind of believe him. Like, I don't usually just like, just, you know, just believe any old nonsense that managers come mm. out and say, but with him, it seems to be different. Also, the, the um, atmosphere at the Emirates is not as toxic as it once was, definitely yeah. compared to next um, last season. And like you've said, with Aubameyang and Lacazette, it's nice to have two forwards up front who really want it. Lacazette in particular, he has no right, especially against Valencia, he has no right scoring a header against Valencia. Mm. And he could have scored two more headers. <laughs> he has no right doing that against their back four. Um, and then he goes to Valencia and he creates a assist again with his head. So we've got two players who really, really want it and they're going for it. And I look at Chelsea and I think, Chelsea in a cup game, am I scared of them? No. Because we saw what happened. Yeah, exactly. Even in the league, we saw what happened when we faced um, Chelsea home on the way um, this season. It wasn't a result that I was particularly ashamed of. Mm. And we've got Unai Emery. How many times has he won um, Europa League? Mm. If anything, they should be nervous because <laughs> they've already qualified for the... And that's not me just being like bossy and bragging. You've already qualified for the um, Champions League. 
you come, you're going to be facing off against a team that will be going for it. They're going to be hungry. And you've got a manager who's won it, I believe, what, three times? Yeah, yeah, This yeah. could be four, four wins on a trot. Like, if anyone should be nervous, it should be you, <laughs> not us. So that's the reason I'm just like, okay, I'm not, that's I'm proper, not nervous. That's fighting talk there, you know. I'm not nervous talk. if I'm Chelsea. It is whatever it, to, whatever it is to be will be, but I'm not. You can't be going into a final and feeling nervous. If that's the case, you don't, you don't deserve to be there. Exactly. You're the wrong team. So but I'm then hoping. the nervous I think the nervousness comes from the inconsistency whereas Chelsea you know uh, we were talking about them early in the season going what is going on nobody likes Sarri ball nobody mm. likes Sarri and he's playing people out of position we know now that Eden Hazard is off mm. at the end of the season they can't at them as it stands because of the ban they're not going to be able to bring in new players etc etc and yet and yet they've still managed to end up in you know third place and in the Champions League despite everything that was going on around them and for us, I think it's, you know, you know, we've had some fantastic results over the season, but it's we had losses where we shouldn't have had losses. We shouldn't have lost against Brian and we shouldn't have lost against especially Crystal Palace at home. Yeah. That's yeah. a head scratcher to me because our home record was so strong. And then on the last day, playing against Burnley away, we managed to win. One of the few times that Arsenal have managed to do that. And I think that's where I, I wobble a bit because I think who is going to turn up on that day? We want them to play. You know, when they played Valencia, they, you know, were fantastic. Play like that and we'll win it. Play like we played against Brighton, the game's gone for Arsenal. So I want to have your confidence, Chris, I really do, but I just feel extremely nervous. And I wish, you know, five years ago, I wouldn't have felt like that. With Arsenal, I was like, yep, we'll smash it. It's not going to be a problem. Now I'm like, ah, I don't know. But we'll have a good game. Whatever happens. I'm, so I'm London sure Derby, we'll so either way, it should definitely be a good game. Um, yeah. And yeah, hopefully we'll beat them. <laughs> Just yes. jumping back to WSL um, super quick, because we have like harshed on Manchester United a lot, but we have to give praise where pre- credit where credit's due. Uh, Manchester United women have got into the WSL proper um, from the championship. How do you feel about that, Fadume? Uh, I'm, I'm so chuffed for them. Like, do you know what it is? With Manchester United, like for a team that's just been put together this year, like it was, it's one of those things a lot of people are going, oh, well, you know what? It's full time. It's a part time league. Like, were you really expecting them not to do well? No, like still expecting them to do well, but to do as well as they've done, like mm. to go quarter final in their FA Cup as well. Like to like I th- to lose to um, to Reading was unfortunate, I think, but I think it's also a good learning curve for them because it shows them the kind of competition they're going to have when they do step into um, WSL. And I think the jump from from any championship to like the higher league is always difficult, and you see that in the men's championship and going up to the Premier League. And I think you're going to see the exactly the same going into the Super League. So no, I'm I'm super chuffed for them. I feel like they're going to go on do great I think Casey Stone has got a really good team with her and she's done really well in like um, getting youngsters on as often as she can I think having the advantage of the fact that they're so far ahead from the other teams allowed her a bit more flexibility in terms of trying new players here and there um, but again, they've got a really strong, like, they've got a strong captain. Alex is amazing. Uh, Chamberlain's, like, unfortunately ended now, but she's done great throughout the season. Like, kept, I think, 21 clean sheets, which is crazy. Insane. But, yeah, nah, I, I reckon they smashed it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to talk about the men's team, which is fine. <laughs> so, oh, like, we are going to be so, like, talking about them. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Like, my Manchester United team won, so that's exactly. all that matters right now. <laughs> Who impressed you apart from Siobhan um, and Alex as well? Alex has been insane. She definitely impressed me as well, and it's great that she's got into the England squad as well. Yeah. I think she, yeah, yeah. 
I, I, definitely Alex. Like I, I'm, I'm so pleased she got into English because I definitely think she deserved it. Absolutely. And I think to carry such a young team and such a fresh team mm. and to carry them to such a standard is absolutely amazing. Of and her. she's super young herself yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. And definitely, she's done incredibly well. And I think she'll be an amazing asset to when she goes into um, moving forward into the World Cup and stuff. So I would say definitely Alex is a good standout for me in this Decent. whole tournament. That's it. And then, can I just ask? Um, sorry, Ola. Just sticking with the Manchester theme. If I just ask a quick question, what is everybody's thoughts about Nikita Paris announcing that she's leaving City after five years? I'm keen to I, get your um, thoughts on that. I, oh, do you know what it is? I, so I had this discussion with a friend the other day, and I think like I'm got like I'm. Oh, I don't know where she's going. So like that's the thing. Like I'm stressed. Like if I catch her on a flight to like Leon, I'm like, no. What do you <laughs> well, mean? well, young CD. <laughs> You, you, you are you're about to drop there, there's, there's someone Leon, there's someone there's someone on the inside Crystal Davis super sleeve go on I think she might be going to like Olympiacos no 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 Olympic Lyon Olympic Lyon, Lyon. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It, Olympic there was, Lyon. Um, there was on it was on her Twitter was it also, I got that from a confirmed source. Oh, hey, come, that's, you know what I mean? That's sure. close to the agent. You already got like the hat as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what it is? I, like, she has done incredibly well. Mm. Like, she's so young, so talented, has won in incredible amounts of like trophies. There's, but I, it's one of those things that Tony Duggan's obviously gone. Like yeah. Lucy Bronze gone. Is that the like? Is that the future for women who do incredibly well? I just love in the Super quote. League. I love and their quote. Is that what they do? Like when they reach the ultimate and feel like they've done a good amount of years, they feel mm. like naturally do they just then go off to Europe? Because I feel like we've got the opposite problem in the men's game. Mm-hmm. Like we've got youngsters in Britain who aren't getting the time to play and they go off to Europe. Whereas here you get you talent and you nurture talent for such a long period of time. And then they leave. Yeah, and then they leave. So that's the only like Listen, like I don't understand. She could come to United, you know. Did you not? Did you not? Did you not read the quote? Did you not hear? No, it? I, didn't, I didn't read the quote. Basically, it's like paraphrasing, but the last bit, I can't remember the top bit, just basically announcing, you know, the five-year, basically, you know, playing career at Manchester mm. City, saying that she played for the biggest club in Manchester, and I thought, yeah, spot on. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm joking. She did oh, say dude. that. Actually, didn't say that. Actually, yeah. actually, 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 you know, she's the top scorer of the WSL. She'll have no problems getting into the England team for future tournaments. I don't doubt that for a second. I'm just, I'm keen to find out, is it like another challenge? Had she taken it as far as she possibly can with City? I mean, they are, in her eyes, the top team in the WSL. I couldn't see her going to Arsenal or Chelsea. So where else would she go? I think 
a lot of questions. But, you know, if I had the opportunity to go and play abroad, would I take it? If there's the opportunity to live in another country, learn another language and challenge myself and take myself out of my comfort zone? Because, you know, she played at home. She played at Everton with Andy Spence and then she went to City and then the opportunity to play abroad. Why wouldn't you take that? And, you know, she's, what, 25, 26? She's coming, you know, into her peak of her years it's a fantastic opportunity, but I'm sad to see her go because she's one of the top scorers in the WSL. And, and I think she's now starting to shine even more. And her partnership as well with Georgia Stanway at City, yeah. I think that's yeah. going to be a big loss Absolutely. for them. And I think Nikita Stan... Nikita Stanway, <laughs> Nikita Paris this is, has that, like, as much as a partnership, I definitely think Nikita carries that partnership yeah. a lot more so I'm interested to see like how the season's gonna next season's gonna go for Stanway and, and who are they gonna bring in to replace um, mm. Nikita because I think it's a massive loss to the club to have exactly. someone like that go but um, I think part of it like of course is going to a new country and going abroad having the amazing experience but I think it's a like, she's very secure in knowing that she's gonna make the England team for the next like couple of years mm. do you know what I mean so in that sense would you risk it and go abroad yeah, why wouldn't you? If you know, like, if you have that confidence that you're going to do incredibly well and with England over the next couple of years, and I think that's what what makes um, the top women t- and athletes so much women like football players so much different from when as a top like men players such because they have that. I don't know if they are they are they challenged as much in the top. Like, I can think of a couple. I think of a couple of players, but they're all the ones who are in Europe. All have seemed to have made the England team. Majority of them, anyway. So yeah. It's not really. I think like, what she's seeing is like, the fact that you can go out there and still make the England team. So why not go out and have that experience? And if she does go to Leon, it guarantees a Champions League football. So why not? Exactly. I think um, it is a it is a shame for the women's game here, but it, it might be a trend towards a more sort. Of, globalistic view of women's football more akin to um, if more akin to like Gareth Bale leaving Spurs to go to Real Madrid you can't really deny that sort of decision and that the sort of decision making in that sort of sense um, it's Spurs, that Spurs team that he left was like a good Spurs team but they weren't going to do he, he did enough there and he had the opportunity to go to one of the biggest clubs in the world and Nikita has left one of the best Manchester City teams that they've ever had ever and has the opportunity to go to one of the best, if not the best, team in the world. So it's yeah, it's but a very similarly, like, would you like? Okay, so if uh, Raheem Sterling got the chance to move abroad to another team, mm. do you think he'd have equal chance to making the England team after that? As much as though you, 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 you we would go, oh, well, he is yeah. one of the best players. It is the fact that being in the English Premier League just gives you that little bit of security exactly. where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more likely to make because I'm probably guaranteed a bit more playing time stuff like that. Would he have that same luxury if he went abroad? That's what I'm saying. So, like, maybe mm. there's a bit more to kind of, maybe it's a little bit more of a decision for like in the men's game and such. But I feel like with the women's game and the position that Nikita Paris is, like, she kind of knows in terms of making the England team, she is pretty much there, secured, has yeah. kind of secured herself very securely. And there's no one challenging her at the minute. Like, I can't, I don't know if you guys, but I can't think of a player that you'd go, okay, right, I'd pick that over Nikita Paris today. Yeah, exactly. No exactly. one would say that. And to be fair, when you did mention the Nikita Paris George Sanway partnership, that did like send shivers down my spine because those two <laughs> are such direct and incredibly techy footballers. I was like, nah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I'd hate to face them both. <laughs> but I wish her all the best. Um, it is a little bit interesting to me because um, there might be some stuff behind the scenes at Manchester City where in the past they've been able to bring over 
huge talented names like um, Carly Lloyd and they had, um, oh, I've forgotten her name, Nadia Nadim. Yeah. No. I've, I've literally mixed. Yeah, Nadia Nadim. Yeah, Nadia you're right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Amazing. From, yeah. I'm so gassed. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, both like amazing, like huge players at the time um, into Manchester City and integrating them into that team. So that might be another factor. There might be another superstar getting ready to come into Manchester City and possibly replace Nikita in that sort of sense. But in both those cases, they didn't have, they didn't seem amazingly happy or settled at City. Yeah. So it might be another thing where Nikita's unsettled and she has the opportunity to explore something yeah yeah but we'll see but yeah i think we're gonna go for a little break um and marie if you if you have to go we understand but like thank you so much for being with us and hanging out with us you're welcome good to chat to you all <laughs> thank, thank you, you. <laughs> and yeah we'll be back in a little bit Welcome back to Diaspora FC. I hope you enjoyed the little break. You had a nice little boogie. I'm always boogieing, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it is our end of season special um, and it has been the end of season and a lot of stuff happened at the Look end at of the, the season. Look at the grin on I your know. face. I'm, Cause cause I'm not ready for this. Here's the situation, yeah. So man took a little, little, a little break, a nice little managerial retreat, if, if you will. You just hear the word the he's beach. using with you, managerial. <laughs> <laughs> sitting on a beach, just scrolling. Scrolling, scrolling, going to Sky Sports News. Oh, check the scores. Uh, I see Arsenal three, <laughs> Burnley. Was it one or nil? It doesn't matter. We won. <laughs> I, I saw three. You know what? My 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 son scored. So I was gas. Eddie and Katia. How many Nine. sons do you have? You deadbeat. This is literally the whole podcast. Like, all are like, like claims relations everywhere. <laughs> literally and everywhere. I forgot you. That's the never letting Zala. He tried doing it with Sterling the other day. They weren't having it. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, Barkley look a bit different. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I was like, cool. Let me check on my sons at Manchester United. What are they doing? Uh, you know what? That's the best bit. The, the the podcast before, I was like, trying to be nice. I was like, listen, it's Cardiff at home. You should be calm. It'll just be a nice little jolly and it'll be okay. I scroll down. Manchester United, Mandem United, zero. Cardiff, two? Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me see that again because I'm mad dyslexic. So I was like, let well, me probably read that again. Scream. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Two? I was like, oh no, nah. you have to be joking. Oh. I was like, no. And seriously, the absolute savagery on the timeline was just delicious. It was just insane. Was Everyone was just, just calamity. It was, just, it was literally like, it was like Infinity War when the snap happened and people were just disappearing. Oh, <laughs> people were disappearing from my timeline. It's like, yeah, forget Man U, forget Man U. <laughs> I was like, oh my days. So, so, so Fuduma, I have yes. to ask watching that game listen like as I said my Manchester United team did really well this season <laughs> champions all the way women come on <laughs> honestly guys I, I, oh god I don't even know what to say like I'm generally like you know like when you think you can't do any worse like others feel we drew and I was like it's okay guys like we are, and they're relegated like as well like this is a bit we can't actually do worse. No, we can. We can. We can actually do worse <laughs> against Cardiff. Who are all, Cardiff have nothing to play for. And That's Neil Warnock relegated 
Cardiff. That's what I mean. Cardiff have not... How did we lose against a team that have nothing to play for at home? But do you know what it is? It literally... like I've said it before, like Manchester United, you should have just like called it a day about four or five games ago <laughs> and just like taken pre-season a bit earlier just got mm. that shit together. Like it's, it's true. really... It's, it's, it's just been... Such a terrible season. And I'm not talking about... <clears throat> I'm talking from, from the beginning to end. Mourinho all the way through to a new manager, everything. Like, yeah, we had a short spell where we were doing all right. But mm. I think that was just the the fun and the enthusiasm of having a new manager. And, like, everyone suddenly, like, the fans getting behind it. But it was always going to be short-lived. It was never going to get rid of uh, the attention from the structural problems that are at Manchester United. And a lot of that goes on the um on the players going up to ownership but even from a playing perspective like we, we don't have a back four we've got people we just have people holding up positions in the team <laughs> pretty much. we don't we don't and I think there's so many things to fit I know there's been a lot of backlash at like you know Pogba oh my god Pogba should be leading the team we should be doing this but Pogba's not captain like who signed him as Pogba captain Legit, exactly. you know what I mean and everyone's like yeah we've got young talent Lingard young, Lingard's not young <laughs> this, this Lingard with, young agenda you know, is just too much oh my god, it's too much like, man's getting close to 27 you know it's like this should be prime Pogba, and we're out here saying yeah Pogba's leading the team exactly he should be like an example for young people like Lingard who who just told you no they're both the same age they need to both of them need to like pattern up and get it mm. together but I feel like there's a massive expectation on Pogba in that sense and I feel like and going into the new season I hit or miss if he's going to be here mm. I think if anything like Manchester United as a, as a club is like drawing him away pushing him away from here um I can't even tell you about our back four because we gave them a new contract so there's not really much to say the only thing we can do is get a better back fours and they can outperform them and at least let them be benched the whole season mm. that's the only thing I can think of like, legitimately we just need to blow the bank like by loads and of and just hair. get literally yeah, just a because, new like, squad you know everyone's like oh my god Young out no Young's going to be there because he's got a contract so just for there's nothing we could do about this. Oh my days, yeah. it's so much. Um, super quick, I think this developed yesterday or very recently anyway. Um, Angel Gomez looking yeah. that he might want to leave Manchester United, one of your promising young players. What do you make of that situation and do you think he's actually going to go? Uh, I don't reckon he'll go just because I feel like with the with the attention there is on Manchester United to having to pull themselves together as a club, I don't think he'll go. Um, I think there's a lot of speculations about who's going to go, who's going to stay, like what's going to be, but there is definitely going to be a lot of change. And I think he'll get a lot more playing time. I, th I think that might be part of the reason why everyone's like going, oh no, he might leave. But mm. I think going into a new season, I don't think he will. Yeah, no, it was just, it was just interesting because um, um, from the sources I was looking at, it, there was a, disconnect between him and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and then also being a young player he's not had a lot of game time he's also a smaller player as well playing in the midfield which is yeah. a difficult thing in a very robust uh, Premier League and especially well, it might even just look kind of difficult as a manager when you're seeing him across yeah. the Matic who's six foot plus and Paul Pogba who's six foot plus as well and you've got this tiny little kid in the middle it might just seem a little bit odd and a bit of a hard decision to make as a manager um, but he was linked to PSG which is kind of crazy a of, yeah, no, yeah like, a little, that's a reach mm, exactly and Do you know I think the same thing that people are saying oh well Pogba's going to leave he's going to go to Real Madrid I'm sorry but looking at Pogba right now here going unless yeah, like we push exactly. him out the door and like force him out mm. I don't think Real Madrid are in a rush to get him nah. not, not, not to discredit him like I think he's an absolute phenomenal player I, but I do, do think 
especially at Manchester United, there is a club culture which is really toxic in the sense that all the pressure tends to go fall on one player at mm. a certain time. And at the minute, it seems to be Pogba and De Gea that seem to be getting a lot of that. And De Gea, as much as like he's had his good times, he's had his bad times, but confidence is what really makes a goalkeeper. And we've seen that in Liverpool before, like Liverpool last season. Yeah. Before that, I was like, they... The amount of confidence that their goalkeeper that lost, lost, you know what I mean, ridiculous. and it was, and it was all from the the fans. It was literally, yeah, he wasn't doing great, but it it just harbors all this negativity. And I, I, I think to hold players like Pogba and De Gea responsible for overall team performance is really not is really detrimental to the team in the long run. Like there's a lot of other things that should be going on. And in theory, everyone should be pulling the, like there was a daily, I think it was a daily mail article on how long Pogba walks. Like they yeah. literally put it down to the amount of minutes he walks. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but so does Urza. Like I don't understand the problem. Legitimately. Yeah. And so does Leo Messi as well. He yeah. has, he's, he's reduced the amount of sprinting that he actually does. So he walks most of the games and he does uh, key sprints to make chances and create opportunities. And that's just how some of these players are adapting their game or developing their game. And as the game changes as well not everyone has to be sprinting all the time that's why we've got wing backs to do that sort yeah, of job exactly. <laughs> that's why Andy Robson's got a whole career you know what I mean yeah. so so it is it, it, it is is yeah it's just as yeah as someone as a fan of Mandem United it was awful to see how your season developed as a fan of Arsenal it was very 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 funny <laughs> <laughs> it was just literally like it can't get any worse. Yep, it can. It can't, it can't get any worse. No, of course it can. Like, that's literally what it was. Like, at every point, I was like, it's fine, guys. It can't really get any worse. Like, we're going to pick ourselves up and then somehow it gets a little bit worse and it gets a little bit worse. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie, end the season couldn't have come soon enough for Manchester United. I'm so glad that it's done. And we just need to quietly go away and just rethink and really, like, work. And do you know what? I think realistically, looking ahead, I... I think it's going to take a, t- a, li- a while for that team to be built back up. And I think part of the problem is, and has always been the problem, is when Ferguson left, like no one thought ahead mm. to his departure. Not and enough ahead anyway. Not enough ahead. Like, And I know we say the same about Arsenal, but Arsenal put a little bit more thought into it and it shows a little bit more. But there was no... And it's like we've got managers in and out of the door as quick as possible. And I don't... Th- and I think it's gotten to a point now where you can't go, well, it's not a managerial problem as such. It's definitely like something within the players and the ownership and something that needs to be worked out long run. And I think it's going to take a couple of, I think it's going to take at least two seasons to work through. But I do think going forward, like Manchester United have always been a world-class team and they have the potential to go back up there. But it's going to take like a lot of work again, seasons in terms of buying new players and really getting the best set of the players are already there. Yeah, exactly. Like to be fair, this is the same team that finished second in the previous season. So yeah. it's just like okay, cool. And no one expects them to finish se- second. Exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. But yeah, nah. Getting on to a better half of red, <laughs> a brighter shade of red. Crystal Davis sitting there watching Burnley lose to Arsenal and watching Lacazette, no, Aubameyang even get the uh, get the top goal scorer, joint top goal scorer, but our top what? goal scorer. Three. Okay. Like I feel like you might as well just give us everyone at this point. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Well, if you're going to turn around and score 22 goals, then Capri are going to give you a nice little shiny ting. (laughs) (laughs) But still, Crystal, how did you enjoy our final day of the season? Um, 
I didn't really get to enjoy it much because my screen was acting up. Uh, so it was yeah, like yeah. I could see the goals, but it was just very static. And mm. so I could uh. tell when we scored, but it was just like that was about it. Um, 320p type situation. That says a lot about me that I would actually watch Arsenal play <laughs> than watch Man. You know what? I didn't watch Man City's game because I was convinced I might jinx it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. you know what? If I'm going to be their 12th man, I'm gonna be yeah. their 12th. if I have to be their substitute, I'm going to be their sub. So I was like tapping in and out of the Man City game and then um, watching the Arsenal match. But um, obviously, um, happy to get a win on the final day um, away from home. Can't say I didn't see that one coming because if you play like that against Valencia and mm. you've got your shooting boots on and your bagger hat-trick, I'm expecting you to go out with a bang on the final day of the season, regardless if you're playing um, Burnley or not. Um, so... It's difficult. I didn't watch the highlights, so it's difficult to actually comment on the overall game itself. Obviously, happy for um, Eddie and Kitty, mm. uh, Chris Willock as well. It's nice to see the introduction of the um, youngsters coming through. Um, pleased with our season, actually, because I think... Uh, You've been I, a serious champion for Arsenal in this podcast and in general anyway. Yeah, because like, I don't have much to complain about. I think if I complain, it's just like, what are you complaining about really and truly? Like, what did you expect to win the league? Did you really expect to finish top four? No, and you've had a season. If you had said to me um, when Arsene announced his um, resignation that he was going to step away from the club and your new manager would come in and you would go down to the wire, your season would go down to the wire, I would have been like, yes, please. And it was exactly that. Even in the uh, Premier League, our season did go down to the final game of the, the, final game of the um, calendar year. Obviously, there is no way in hell we're going to go and score seven or eight goals against Burnley. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Like eight I was low-key hoping for it. Like, gonna happen. <laughs> and Tottenham weren't going to lose to um, Everton. And not badly, that, definitely. Mm. But there was still, like on paper, there's still something to play for. And then we're through to the um, Europa League final with the potential of returning to the Champions League. So I think we've actually had a good season. Um, now the focus is actually ride out the rest of the season, hopefully win the Europa, um, Europa League and just get rid of the rest of the deadwood in that club because I'm just, <laughs> just sick and I'm sick of looking at wash certain up. guys. Yeah, some wash up players. Even I can be better at them, better than them and I can't even play. Yeah. That just says a lot. But uh, yeah, I'm actually pleased with my with my um, team this season. I'm happy with what Unai Emery's come in and done. Happy with a couple of the new recruits like Torreya. Um, good Dizzy, please with uh, Obama Young and Lacazette. I love the fact that I have Lacazette as well. He's a little shit, and I love it. <laughs> He's so, and, and, and Torreya, like Torreya, uh. Torreya can be a little cheating bastard. <laughs> and I'm like, I've not had this in God knows how long. That makes yeah. a difference. Lacazette does it as well. He's been true. doing the Neymar. I'm just like Lacazette. Like nothing's wrong with you. Stop it. But exactly. at the same time, I'm like Car- carry on. <laughs> Might win your free kick. Yeah, you know? so, so it's nice to get these um, different type of players who have like. They have attitude. They've got charisma mm. to them, and they can most certainly um, make a difference. Torreya impressed by him. Maitland Niles very impressed by him. So I don't have much to complain about. Um, as for Manchester United, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I wasn't pleased with like the reaction that Pogba got. Yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't watch Manu's game, but um, so there's this analysis that's going around going around on social media where it's like. Basically, they're criticising Pogba for not tracking or not stopping the player from Mm. scoring the goal. Okay, yes, Pogba 
there's an argument that he should have made a tackle and should have tried to prevent the goal. But when I looked at that image, there's like seven outfield players who could have done the same. They were either close to Pogba, close to the ball, or most certainly close to the Man. close to their goal. Mm. So why is it you're not calling all of us, all six of our outfield player, and asking the question, why didn't you do more? I'm just like, to be honest with you, I'm just I'm sick of just black players in general being thrown under the yeah. bus, mm. and it keeps on happening. It's, and it's, so it's, it's upsetting and you know it is especially when now the Herrera's left the club and I remember like going online and just reading can't believe he's leaving blah blah and I'm, he's great but he is a mediocre player and he's 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 had his time at Manchester United he deserves that send off but and it's not really the worst thing for him to be leaving like but but players go, oh no, Pogba should leave. No, he shouldn't. Stop trying. <laughs> it's to madness. Drive. It's Pogba, like who are you gonna get to? I don't understand. Like he has given us the most goals, the most assists this season. There you go. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like you are as good as your team are. And exactly. that's the thing, like, if you're having to pick up defence because your team are slacking, the same way, like, people are trying to drive out the hair, I'm like, no, I don't know who you think is going to replace the hair. <laughs> because I can't, do you know what I mean? Like, don't replace something that you don't, like, do you know what it is? Don't push out something that you don't have a replacement for. Mm. Because you're telling me right now, if Pogba and the hair were to turn around and leave, who are you going to put in that position today? And I can tell you that most Man United fans wouldn't be able to give you someone and it's absolutely crazy to think that we're in a position where we're driving out people like, yeah, I'm not saying like Pogba's been amazing. He's definitely been a fault in a lot part. And and people say, oh, well, he's been like the most expensive player. So what? It's a Premier League. They spend ridiculous amount of money all the time. Someone else is going to be the most expensive player tomorrow. It doesn't make a difference. Like we need to, we, we've seen that he's talented. I think definitely seeing that. And I think a lot of the expectation came from the back of the World Cup, seeing how well he did in the World Cup. He had so much charisma. He performed so well with France, really gelled into the team. And then coming into Manchester United after that and just not having that connection as well. And it was a lot of like, oh, he must, he's a terrible player. He can't be doing this. But I was like, no, he's not. I don't know who else won a World Cup in that team. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's incredible. It's almost <laughs> as if like they're kind of... It's like once they make their mind up about a black player, because it is a black player that we're dealing with, it's now like, okay, you've moved on from Sterling because Sterling has has finally put you on blast and stand up (laughs) for himself. So the next black man that we're going to pick on is Paul Pogba. And it's like, and I'm actually really pissed because at one point they, not with Pogba and um, uh, Raheem, but like, for example... um, who am I thinking of? Um, Ashley Cole, where they yeah. literally got it in my head that this man is just fucking greedy. Mm. And, you know, Ashley Cole, like, they are so fucking good at what they do. Like, it's actually unbelievable. They would actually make you believe that someone like Pogba or Lukaku is just completely useless. Mm. And it's just like, you want to question his attitude, you want to question his integrity and what he brings to a team, but I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but until this day, until... Till when when did his dad die? Like last last year, right? Mm-hmm. From last year until present, I have not heard one single journalist, whether that's written, maybe I've just not been reading much, or um on TV, pundit, whatever you want to call yourself, presenter. I've not actually heard one pundit, one journalist, one presenter bring the argument of saying, you know, Paul Pogba has lost his dad, but still. He's mm. still a professional. Mm. You can't you can't dispute that. Lost his dad and in the same year he went and won the World Cup and then he comes back and he's still doing the job for his team. Like, what more do you want of him? 
Like really and truly, like yeah. what more do you, if that was a white player who actually went through what Paul Pogba went through, we would not be throwing them under the bus. Because I don't know about Paul Pogba, I don't know him personally, but that could mess with someone's mental health. Yeah. Mm. Literally, you got to understand that this is someone's workplace. This is their job. Like imagine being criticised day in, day out for doing the same thing that all your other employees, all your other employees are doing. Literally, like imagine we all work for the same employer and you're the only one who gets picked on. Yeah. Whilst the two of us are doing the same nonsense and nobody's saying nothing to us. Like, come on. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's not just looking at poor Pogba, it's also looking at the likes of Danny Rose and just mm. seeing. Exactly. He's like, Danny Rose is doing really good and I really hope he continues. But I definitely know that, and it's sad to say that if there was to come a time where he's not performing our best play, he'd become a victim to that newspaper, to newspapers because of, and he's already been attacked for the sense that he's said, oh, well, you know what? I, I, I can't wait to retire from football. And the amount of people that have come out and said, you're so ungrateful. Why would you say that? But, and I don't understand. That argument baffles me. And the fact that, you know, they're like, oh, they've only just seen the recent racist attacks that he's had. But it goes back to 2012 when he was in the under-21s England team and they were booing him so badly, monkey chants were going on. And it's been, and to imagine to do, to, be, to have that experience in an under-21s team and an under-18s team and then for it to continue for that long. Of course, you're not, you, you're going to wait out of retirement. You know what? And at the end of the day, as sad as it is, like football is a very well-paid industry and I think a lot of players just bite their tongue and persevere for that reason. They literally bite their tongue, persevere and get to the end of their career and just quietly leave. It's just incredible. Like, this is why I just, when it comes to, like, if you're going to criticise someone about their professionalism and the fact that they need to, like, you know, have a look in the mirror and really, like, recognise who you're playing for, if you did that at present to Martial, I'll be backing you. You understand? Because Martial is taking the piss. Literally taking the piss. But to do it to someone like Pogba, Mm. like, that's your player of the season. Exactly. You understand? That's like me saying, that's like Arsenal fans saying they want Lacazette out. Like, what type of... Yeah. special prick are you <laughs> like what are you doing like understand that these people they're brainwashing you mm. literally because they're not speaking based off facts they're not because if they were what we've actually highlighted they would have actually brought that into their argument but they haven't done it for a very and good one reason of like i could accept i could accept the argument had paul pogba been and like I don't know scored five goals this whole season exactly. and not perform like he's performed the whole team as a whole he's performed terribly but if you take that aside for a team that's doing terribly he's performed well exactly. he's performed well mm-hmm. for a team that's doing mm-hmm. I think it's well. even his best season that he's had so when you look at people like Rashford and when you look at Lingard and stuff like that then you can raise your eyes a little bit and go actually why is it that they're get- getting like kind of put, being put aside and not getting as much mm. slack as someone else. And at the end of the day, like I said, it's, it is a team effort and the team as a whole is crumbling away in so many different ways. And I think a big part of that is just having like that we don't have a defence, we don't have the midfield. We, players are having to pick up slack from because of other players. And mm. you know, I can't even tell you who's actually playing in the right position that they should have been playing because it's literally, you just see it in games back and forth. You're like, why is everyone all over the place? So there is, I think Manchester United have a lot to do in terms of restructure going into this. Um, but I, honestly, if we have Paul Bock for next season, I think it's lucky. Mm. It's genuinely lucky if we do. And not because of the fact that um, it's a lack of talent, but just because of the way that he's been treated by fans um, and the club as a whole. I think it'll be a real surprise if he actually continues to persevere for that. For that, because he's he's a well-star player and he's at a good age where he can go 
to somewhere else and probably make something good of himself. Exactly. It's actually quite sad. It's, it's very sad. I don't actually know what else to say, but it's just it's just ridiculously sad. It's quite depressing. Mm. I don't know. Like I can't think of, and I'm not saying I want it to happen to other players, but I can't think of not one white player that face the same level of criticism that black players face mm. consistently. I can't think of any. Like nothing, no one that stands out. No, not this level. Especially I, seeing that clip was very depressing and just yeah, shit to see. Like you're proper going for him. Like where would you be without Paul Pogba's contribution this season? Answer that. Like just answer that. Where would you be? Exactly. exactly. So I I don't know. I re I really don't know about them. But but hey, we move. I'm, I'm sure he'll come back. Note. Let's talk about Champions League final <laughs> and the demise of Liverpool because I'm generally hoping that Liverpool. Nah, I was going to say, I wanted to talk about Liverpool losing the league, which is sick, but, but <laughs> we have. Uh, okay, if, if Liverpool, I don't even want to speak it because just. If Liverpool that, won the league, it would have been a bit of a problem for you. That would have been bad, but like if. if, if if Spurs win the Champions League... Oh, are you... I'm going to have Arsenal are cancelled. How many years? 18 years of Champions League football? 19? And <laughs> one saying. final. We have one final. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't even realise... I think it's, as a non-Arsenal fan, like, I didn't even look into statistics that deeply, but I did for the purpose of this podcast. <laughs> so you're telling me 18 <laughs> Champions League qualifiers, one final. And Spurs have been here for how long? Oh, and they're already out here looking like they're about to secure... I don't oh, even know Spurs when that cock was on the ball but they ain't never been to no Champions League final before but in their history but if for them to, if ugh, Liverpool just can't let that happen no. like, no. Liverpool you can't have the season that you've had and not one, not win one single no. trophy you just can't no it's okay I'm alright with Liverpool next year sorry guys where's Lippa like <laughs> you're the wrong person in you know where's Lippa fam no I'm literally guys I am so hoping oh, for Spurs I cannot tell you my excitement nah, nah. I'm praying to God that Liverpool going, why are we watching this, guys? Like, I mean, <laughs> we should all be together. I don't mind, no, you know. we have to watch it. We have to watch it. Yeah, so we actually much. should meet up. It's and bad watch, because right? I like I, I, I keep on seeing highlights of Human Song just like being the best uncle in Spurs history and just like it's playing with all these kids and whatever. I was like, that's not the guy I'm rooting for. <laughs> after just make him a villain. And I'm put actually him to ashamed one side. of you on Twitter. You know, the, <laughs> nah, the stuff you nah. get up to. I just be shaking. <laughs> have you seen that? Have you seen that gift of the black guy with a tear down? That's me every time. Ollie's digging up Spurs, but I'm like, what are you doing, man? So you know, basically. <laughs> me and Ola had this thing all, uh, most of the season and I yeah. started off really confident so whenever oh Spurs would lose yeah. we'd tag Michael yeah Michael Kitchener, uh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Like, hello how are you doing you know, yeah. a waiver now he started to do the same to me and it's been like four or five times you're in getting and a battering in it and I'm like oh I really regret starting <laughs> <laughs> but now Michael hooked me up with a t-shirt. Do you know what I mean? Did he? No, I hooked oh me up with a t-shirt. Nah. Like I have a Spurs nah. fan. Oh, you're disgusting! No, 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 no. Are you mad? That's Who the do thing. you support? Manchester <laughs> Spurs? Like, no, nah, you're a fraud. You know, Fadimir, you're a fraud. I'm not having that. Lippa, bring Lippa to the studio. No, the real Don. Guys, for the purpose of oh, the Champions League final, Spurs. Nah, nah Liverpool. Liverpool come nah, outside. Liverpool. I'm nah, telling nah. you, Liverpool. Nah, nah. Yeah. It can't Kane. run. It just Kane's can't run. probably going to be back. I'm telling you, Son's going to do the most <laughs> wonderful. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just I'm going to hold it down for my uh, for my African brothers in Liverpool. They have to just do the thing. My man uh, Sadio Mane needs a Champions League winner medal, and then he can take that with himself to Real Madrid. 
<laughs> where they will actually appreciate him and see the amazingness that is his receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, but this. seriously, what? Okay, jokes aside, what are predictions for? Um, I going can't. Into this? It's mental. It's too it's, much. It's difficult to um actually prediction wise like goal 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 score wise I can't actually think of a um, score line because obviously it's like it's a it's a Premier League match isn't it mm. um, I'm just thinking based off Liverpool's track rec- track record in the Champions League and if we look back at last year's Champions League final had they not had the injury mm. to Salah yeah. had they not had um, is it Carrius Carrius yeah. in goal yeah. exactly so in essence like that actually wasn't a bad final for them going up against Real Madrid um, and so they managed still did bits there yeah well. they've, so I'm guessing Salah is going to be um, fit for the final yeah. as should um Salah. Bobby yeah Salah should be fit for assignment mm. yes what the hell did I just say I don't know <laughs> <laughs> he should be he should be fit for the final as should would you um, play Firmino. Bobby Firmino if he's fit that's the thing because they've played quite a few games without him and they've and been they've fine. Right, it? It's nice to have him on the bench, though. Whichever, yeah, it's, it's nice true. to have him Maybe there. Maybe not start him, but, on the bench but bring him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and also they've obviously fixed their problem at the back, and they've got um a solid goalkeeper who has the um Premier League Golden Gloves. So it's like, if you mess up this final, Liverpool, I don't want to hear a peep <laughs> out of you. You understand? You have to deal with Crystal Davis. Literally, no. any any Liverpool fan on the street, Crystal just no, running. Do you know what it is? Oh, maybe it's because I just have an encounter like Lippard as being a Liverpool fan. Like, come across on a, on a daily basis that's the thing do you know what it is and it's literally like have I got receipts for days about her <laughs> saying watch us for doom we're going to win the league we're going to do this best believe this girl's out of reach when I'm one and I was like Lippa you know what you're saying just getting dial tone you know I'm dial tone and I was there like she ain't picking up my calls <laughs> so I expect oh, oh Spurs okay. just I, I know okay unrealistically I do think it's going to be it's going to go down to the nail I, oh, it's really I, I like a bit of drama, mm. especially now that I'm on the outside. So it's not like a whole like Man United kind of thing. I, I want a full drama. I want the full works. I want penalties too. I just want the best thing to ever come out of this. So talk, having that hat on mine, I do feel like um, I like good on of the day. Son's going to come through. And then I feel like, I feel like, okay, if Tottenham take the lead, I think it's theirs for the winning. If Tottenham take the lead. Okay. I think if they let Liverpool get in front, very early on, especially, it's going to knock them a little bit mm. in terms of, because just having, just looking at how well Liverpool have done in the Premier League so far, they didn't drop a single game. And it's unfortunate that they, you know, they lost that to Man City, but Man City again are, do, are doing bits, so there's nothing to say against that. But I think, um, whereas Spurs have lost, kind of dropped the hat a little bit every yeah. now and again in the Premier League and at times at costly times like you know when they had that one chance to really secure themselves a good positioning in the top four they just for some reason couldn't get their stuff together like, it's mad Spurs can, can still be leaky as well like Ajax, I mean. Ajax actually lost that because you was complacent what are you doing? Like in the latter stages of the semi-final, you're literally like a minute away from going to the final. Why are you not booting that ball out the stadium? <laughs> kick yeah. it, kick it away, Legit, kick, it, anywhere. kick yeah. it out of your. But I definitely path. think if Spurs, if Spurs get a goal in the first, in, like and before Liverpool, especially early on into the first, in first half, I think it'll go on. But I, I think if Liverpool go ahead, um, 
it's going to be really difficult for them to. It's a tough one to call. I just Liverpool just can't lose that match. That's one thing I know. Oh. They better not come back to England. Um, I, I you need to be able to see Christmas you know I mean? face. Like, dead serious in that. Dead serious. Like no, listen. Oh, you want to lose finals now, do you? Every Arsenal fan. Listen, listen for the moment. The six is real over there with you, son. Leave block everything. You ain't seeing me. You ain't seeing me. You don't need to find me because we're going to be watching this on the day so you don't need to find me I'm going to be right in your face Liverpool winning that oh my days Liverpool for the win okay. for the sake of humanity Liverpool Just, for the win I'm going to go I'm going to kick off score predictions because we need to go soon but like score predictions for me 3-2 Liverpool it's going to be a madness it's going to be a mad game regardless of whatever happens but I'm hoping I think it's going to be 3-2 Liverpool I don't have a score prediction. I really can't predict scores. I don't, I'm just wanting Liverpool to win. Can't. I can't. I can't think of a score. I'm going to say line. two one Tottenham. Okay. Oh, goal front. Where's Lippa? <laughs> I think it'll go to penalties. So I think it'll go to penalties or two two. Lippa, don't worry. Cool. We got this. <laughs> we got this. Yeah. On a lighter note, um, before we go, I know you guys must have seen Mike Dean. Yo, yeah. big Mike Dean. <laughs> how are we all feeling about Mike Dean celebrating a goal? How how are we feeling game. about that? And he needs to have that kind of energy for all, <laughs> all games from now on. Yeah. I say some when the next match that he referees a player needs to stand right in front of him and do that celebration <laughs> yeah. but knowing Mike Dean you probably get a red card yeah. like how dare you mock me I want to play those games with Mike Dean I'll be like <laughs> <laughs> does anyone actually like Mike Dean you know what off the back of that I do <laughs> I really do it was big energy I feel yeah. like it was one of those where it's like he has to deal with so much like pent up stuff whilst he's official and he can't like celebrate like officially officially he might do like the odd like doesn't he have like a record for giving out the most red cards yeah yeah, yeah 100, 100. amazing yeah, legend. But I feel like, that's the uh, one record you don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you're Mike oh, Dean. Not you know what I mean? But no, nah, it, it was a lovely moment. Um, as it is our end of season episodes, um, what players would you like to highlight or what moments would you like to highlight for the season? I mean, are we real supporters of like Troy Townsend if we don't highlight? <laughs> I mean, you could just highlight someone in your dead team. I mean, oh, wow. I, mean I was no, trying to see. I was trying to go on. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Like, and, try, and I can't just speak. Townsend's like, oh, Crystal Palace, definitely mm. for me, goal of the season. I think. Yes, company's goal was, I think, well-timed is the only advantage I think he's got. It was a really well-timed goal in terms of, like, the atmosphere, the timing of it um, is the only advantage he has. But I think Townsend definitely did it. And yeah. Big shout-out to Andrew. Shout mm-hmm, Andrew's mm-hmm. making it all the way. Uncle Tro will be proud you know <laughs> for that call-out. Crystal said no, thanks to say. Just throwing Crystal under the bus. <laughs> Throw me under the no. bus, why don't you? <laughs> I'm just feeling oh, like one of those Black Premier League players you know, <laughs> thrown under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Young CD, what are you thinking? Um, in terms of... In terms of a player or a moment that you'd like to highlight? Let's just say goal. Like, what goal would you like to highlight? Hmm. Goal. You know what? Because it might be his last, that's depending if he renew his arm um, contract, might be his last, might have been his last ever game, home game, might have been his last um, ever home game. I would have to be um, company mm. for the significance yeah. of it. They needed to win that. And who better to score than him? And me and Allah were actually watching that match and 
we was in a casino and it went mad. Like, <laughs> literally running else? around the casino. Like, who else? Like, to think that could be your final home game for exactly. a club that you've given so much to, Absolutely. blood, sweat and tears. And that goal was like crucial to them actually just pipping um, uh, Liverpool to the title. So I would go for um, Vincent Company. Um, will he start in the FA Cup final um, this Saturday? Maybe, maybe not, but he's done his job. I don't think he needs to renew his contract, but if he don't renew his contract, where does he go? Mm. But if he was to say, you know, that's the end of my playing career or I'm not going to stay at Manchester City, for him to do that, um, in front of the um, home fans and to score when they really desperately because Leicester weren't letting up. Nah, they played, that was one of the best games Leicester's moment. ever Yeah, yeah that, goal is, that goal is iconic. So, yeah, um, nah. I like company's goal. That was a big moment. I'm gutted because now I know to think of a different one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to mix oh, it up. Days. Nah, but um, no, there's been some incredible, incredible moments. Um, even that Mo Salah goal where, I th- who was he playing against? I can't remember, but he... Just took it on the half volley and just probably came through it. referees. Can we just most of as a whole though, like the stick he was getting when he wasn't scoring for yeah. a little while, and then he just came round and he's like, "Golden boot, where, please? <laughs> I need another one to take home." Legit, oh my days, nah. Mm. He did do amazing, and shout out to his daughter. That was a that was a that very was cute, cute moment. I'm not gonna I know. lie, that was so I'm not gonna lie. Um, moment for me, oh my days. I'll, I'm gonna go with the Europa League where Aubameyang scored and then pulled out the the Black Panther mask uh-huh. and yeah, they were kind of celebration they were kind of salute that was just a huge it was just a big black moment it was very cool and I still remember like where I was and like there was some random black boys I didn't know and we both just like were kind of saluted and like yeah. that's each other it was beautiful so that's going to be for me for the season wait 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 did you just say you don't remember where you were no, I know where I was. Oh, how about to say Allah? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let, I'll let you slide. I was having a couple of bevies. I was like, yeah, I'll I was let, enjoying myself. <laughs> let, we, but no, it Allah was, was at the stadium that night. Oh. <coughs> it was good fun. It was good fun. Sounds good. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's about it. Do you want to do you want to wrap us up? That is it. Um, I think that's probably been our longest um recording session. Um, <laughs> and guys. we we were no. blessed. We Go were blessed. <laughs> we were blessed to have Fodemo in the studio with us. Next time we need to try and make it the both of you. So um mm. need to bring Lipper along as well. Exactly. We also spoke to Anne Marie Batson, um, who joined us on the phone. Uh, she probably she couldn't stay for the whole duration, but we appreciate her giving us a moment of her time. That's actually it, guys. Um, Fodemo, where can everyone find you? Um, oh, my God. Socials. Um, I think she's offside. Podcast. Come and have a look. I promise I'll upload an episode at some point <laughs> in my life. Um, I need to be more productive like you guys. Nah. It's no, just... it's a, in, no, seriously, everyone go listen to her. I think she's offside. Yes, it's guys, I think podcast. she's offside, especially leading up to the Women's World Cup. We're going to be out there. Um, all your content for England and just having a look and seeing what the fan vibes like up there so definitely come and have a look and follow us on there um yeah that's it you'll find my socials on there mr Faseo, where can everyone follow should I, should I give you one last test before the last <laughs> test where can everyone find us Ola? <laughs> so if you want to find diaspora sc you can find <laughs> us at d-i-a-s-p-o-r-a-f-c <laughs> yes <laughs> Episode, what is this? <laughs> There's so many, it's actually it's ridiculous. I mean. like, I feel like I'm this right now. <laughs> Listen, it's been a long mean? season, you know. I mean, a long season, we're getting wrong. You don't know where you can send it, people. <laughs> oh, it is. And it's with the underscore for Instagram as well. You have to get oh, that right, God, too. That's my boy. Um, 
If you want to find myself, I've been Ola Fiseo. You can find me at Ola Fiseo. So that's O-L-A underscore F-I-S-A-Y-O. And that's on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want. I'm on um, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube um, at Talawa TV. That's T-A-L-L-A-W-A-H TV. Um, our boy Mo actually couldn't make today's session, but we actually miss you. Yeah, I man. miss the discipline from him. <laughs> he isn't in the studio we today, unfortunately. If you yeah. want to find um, Mo, you can find him at MXDEQ. Um, that's on Twitter. And yeah, that's that's my that's my amazing brain for one for one episode. And that's that. Photomo, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys. So thank you. Bye.